So we open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. I'd like to read verses 15 through 21 to be reminded of the context. I'll remind you more of the greater context. But this is Joseph speaking to his brothers at the end of the book. And uh, he's verse 20 is what we're looking at. Uh, His answer in verse 20, really also 21. But the context is his response to the brothers who are afraid what they're going to do to him. Or what he's going to do to them because of what they had done to him and all the mess they made of his life for a time. And uh, we're going to see that actually God did it and had a purpose and a plan for it and did much good through it. So he will in our lives. Uh, My life has been a little messy the last couple weeks, as you know. Lots of extra stuff going on in family and the man's lots of good things, but just challenging to get on top of things. So I'm going to go to a topical sermon this morning and this evening, like last week, as I try to get my feet under me. I'm hoping to be back in Deuteronomy next week. But I also wanted to share with you uh, something that made me think about this verse and think about um, some things I want to share with you about this verse. Most of that will be at the end of the sermon to keep you listening. But uh, I'm sharing with you something I had hoped to send to you in, a, in an e-devotion pastor's post on the website. But because of all the messiness of things right now, I wasn't able to do that. So decided this would be what we focus on for this morning's topical message. We'll appreciate your prayers. Um, next week we'll be busy with a lot of construction and different things going on at our house, as you know. But I'm going to endeavor to get back to Deuteronomy and Lord willing have a Wednesday study. Appreciate your prayers to that end. But I guess I can say I really needed this myself right now. So I like to give you things that I like to hear that I need. And I trust the Lord will will bless you as well. Here now, Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21. Our theme verse for the sermon is verse 20. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am, for I, am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, comforted them, and spake kindly unto them. And our verse again, we're focusing on in its context is verse 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Helpful for him to be able to see that at the end of his journal of this part of the story and how it's all worked out. But it's something we need to remember is true for us. And notice he's giving forgiveness and he's a type of Christ. He's giving forgiveness. You're seeing true repentance also. Remember earlier, he tested them for a while and he listened to them before he revealed who he is. I want to make sure they had changed. They are changed men. They're repenting. They're asking for mercy to be granted life. And he gives it. 
But one of the things that's really helpful for him, though he is a type of Christ in all these things, similar to we know the Lord Jesus Christ, it was sent by God. He was sent by God. And all that he, God sent to him, even through what his brothers did to him, was to be a deliverer, to do good. And he ended up being exalted after being humiliated with all these things. And of course, again, he is a type of Christ. But we want to we let this be a blessing to us as we think about some things focused on verse 20. Let me read it again. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. May God bless this, the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the living of his holy word. So I have a question for you as we begin. Is your life a mess right now? It's rhetorical. If you say no, I don't believe you. <laughs> because as, as organized as some of us are and as more sanctified as some of us are until the new heavens and the new earth, it's just a constant having to clean up and take care of a mess again. Is it hard to see any purpose in the mess of your life? Well, I want to share with you a song that comes to mind. I think I have shared with you in sermons before. But it's worth sharing again. It's called Beautiful Messes. I want to encourage you to think about that. And uh, I'm trying to remember to enjoy and be blessed by that with lots of little ones running around our house. I could tell you about some messes this morning. I won't. But this was helpful even this morning. This song by Hilary Scott, Beautiful Messes. She sings, are you spinning in a lie that keeps on telling you that you're not good enough? When you're looking in the mirror, do you see someone impossible to love? Full of fragile, broken pieces. We're all rough around the edges. And here's the chorus I'll repeat, and it bears repeating. We ain't perfect, no. We ain't even close. We got holes in our hearts. We got scars we don't show. But all that baggage... We keep on dragging around. Ain't it time we start laying it down? Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Give it to the one who can carry it all. Even at our worst, to him we ain't lost causes. Just beautiful messes. We're all David's. We're all Mary's. We've been liars, thieves, and everything between. But don't forget God used the misfits just like us to do the most amazing things. So bring your faults, your flaws, your secrets, and watch him use those broken pieces. We ain't perfect, no. We ain't even close. We got holes in our hearts. We got scars we don't show. But all that baggage we keep on dragging around, ain't it time we start laying it down? Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Give it to the one who can carry it all. 
Even at our worst, to him, we ain't lost causes, just beautiful messes. No matter where you are right now, let that grace come pouring down. It won't run out. It won't run out. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Give it to the one who can carry it all. Even at our worst, to him we ain't lost causes. Oh, lay it down at the foot of the cross. Give it to the one who can carry it all. Even at our worst, to him we ain't lost causes. Just beautiful messes. Beautiful messes. Yeah. And even Joseph, though he's a type of Christ, his life is a mess of his own doing too. What I'll share with you is I heard a pastor speak on some of these things in this text on the radio this week. You know, he mentioned Joseph might not have gone around bragging as much as he did. Perhaps he could have shared his dreams or his, his colorful quote in a way that might, might be a little less ostentatious. And certainly he had his sins and his own messes as much as he is an example to us and a type of Christ. But God's working through it all. Even many messes we don't bring upon ourselves. God's intention for his people, giving them chaotic, problematic lives, is to save and give good life. And I give that to you as the main idea of our text in its context. God's intention for his people, giving them chaotic, problematic lives, is to save and give good life. You know, when we're faced with a messy house and it can seem like, how do I start? Where do I end? And it's never really done. But as we face it and we clean it up, our faces shine, not only the house. So God shows his smile on us and shines through our smiling, through our messes as he makes sense of them as he intended and cleanses us up from our sin and our situation, spick and span. And through all that, we give him a witness. Look at Joseph's mess as he refers to it as evil. That's one of the things we look at first in the text. Look at the mess of all these years that Joseph is summarizing. And again, his brothers are afraid what he's going to do to them because they're a cause of a lot of it. His mess is evil, all these bad, evil things. Notice he doesn't make light of it, and that's something for us to remember. It is evil. It was wrong and bad, what they did to him. He doesn't say, oh, it's okay, it wasn't that bad, don't worry about it. No, he calls it what it is. It was evil what you did to me. Think about it, the brothers were jealous of him, but he was the one that was taking care of everything for his father while they didn't as much. They beat him up for being faithful to his father. They tore up his coat. They covered it in blood. They told their father he was dead. While they were actually selling him into slavery. He was then made a slave in Egypt. He went to prison based on a false accusation. And he was allowed to stay there for two years. After being forgotten by a man, he helped get out of there. What a mess. Pretty sure you and I'd be going, what a mess. Seems like cluttered chaos at best, but Joseph calls it good. What they did and their intent was evil. 
what was behind it was evil intended towards them, but it's intended to them, it's intended to him by God as good. He calls it good. That's the next thing we consider. What you did to me was evil, but it was good in terms of God's plan and what he did through it. He did good wherever he was. He had favor in the eyes of those he served wherever he was. Why? Because he worked hard and he didn't let his mess keep him from trying to make the best of the mess. To clean it up and make things a little more tidy for those he was serving. He had favor with their eyes because it says the Lord was with him and showed mercy to him. And so he made better of his messes. And so he was put into a place of prominence eventually. A prince, Pharaoh's right-hand man, and he ran Egypt. Based on his and Pharaoh's dreams that others didn't understand at the time, made a mess of them. But he ultimately saved a surplus during seven fruitful years to provide during a famine of seven lean years. And as a result, he saved many people and nations. Many lives, it says. But more particular, and the purpose was to save his own family, the church, out of whom Christ would come. And he prefigured the Lord Jesus Christ, who would go through the same mess, but we remember was planned by God to save us from the mess of this sinful world and all of its effects. Bring us into the citizen of the kingdom of heaven, one day living in the new heavens and the new earth with a new spiritual body, where everything will be orderly and clean and right. Because there'll be no sin, it will be made perfectly righteous. We'll have been brought to our full uh, sanctification. So we see that it was evil in one sense, but it was good in another because of what it was going to accomplish, even for them. Ultimately for the church and the coming of Christ. But that we do recognize the intent. He says, what you thought of his brothers. And he says, but what God meant, and it's the same Hebrew word, what, what you meant in compared to what God meant, or what you thought according to what God thought, but in the sense of having an intent behind it. You know, we say sometimes, what were you thinking that led you to do this thing? Usually we make that mean that in a negative kind of a sense. But what were they thinking compared to what was God thinking? Two sides of the same coin. Though the intent or the thought of his brothers and Potiphar's wife and even Pharaoh uh, were not for his good, but actually sometimes the opposite, especially his brothers, especially Potiphar's wife, the intent was bad. Yet all of it was meant, planned out by God with a purpose to prosper and to prophesy, to serve and save. What's more, Joseph is even a little more direct in chapter 45. Would you turn with me back to chapter 45? I want to look at verses 5 and 7. We'll read verses 5 through 7, but I highlight to you verses 5 and 7. Genesis 45, verses 5 to 7. So here he says, you meant it for bad, God meant it for good. But let's not think that means God turned it into good. No, God is the reason this happened, because he was planning it for good. Chapter 45, verses 5 to 7. 
Now therefore, so Joseph is speaking to his brethren here as well. Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did not send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall ne neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. God sent me ahead. This was all of God. Yeah, you threw me into slavery. You threw me in the well and sold me into slavery, but you didn't actually do it. God did. Now, God is not the author of evil. We know from our confession of faith, God doesn't do evil. But the whole plan is God's. The whole happening is from God's perfect plan, working it out in providence. So while they're doing these things, they think they're in control the whole time. God is in control. To use him to go ahead to save them so they continue to exist as God's church. To preserve his people. And again to preserve the Christ child and then our church again. Revelation 12. They didn't even do it. God did it. That's what he says. You didn't do it. God did it. You didn't send me here. God sent me here. God had a good intent he meant it all for good and the saving of many lives, in particular yours and all of his children through Christ who comes through this people. Just like Jesus and the cross. Acts chapter 2 verse 23 says, him speaking of Jesus, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now Peter is speaking to the godly Jews in Jerusalem and recognizing the Jews gave up the king of the Jews. Praise the Lord. Many of them are, are convicted and repent and are saved this day. But you could read it backwards in, in terms of seeing these two truths. He says, you have taken and by your wicked hands have crucified and slain. What you did was evil, putting Jesus on the cross to die. But the first part of it is, but Jesus being delivered by the terminate counsel and foreknowledge of God. And the message goes on to pray, be saved by repenting and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ, the same Jesus you crucified. And ultimately, you and I have crucified the Lord because of our sins. And yet God uses it to bring us salvation through his death, burial, and resurrection. Though Judas did wicked, even it was prophesied and purposed by Christ for you. Remember we were in the Gospel of Matthew. It looks like Jesus is the victim through the Garden of Gethsemane and all the things leading up to the cross and the betrayal of Judas. But Jesus keeps telling them it's going to happen before it happens. And it is the fulfillment of Scripture prophecy Matthew keeps showing us and alluding to or quoting. Jesus is always in control. No one takes his life. He gives it up, he says. And yet it happens through these means. Remember, we've been studying in the uh, Confession of Faith, chapter 5, on providence, that God uses ordinary means usually. We just saw that he's free to work above, outside, around them, but generally through means. And he uses the means of our own sins and the sins of others. And yet it's not absolutely out of control. God's in control, controlling and directing all of it. So what are you going to do with that? See it. Work with it. As Thomas Watson wrote, make good use of your affliction. That I think we tend to act as if it's just a big mess. 
trust what you sang this morning in part. Psalm 119 verses 16, excuse me, 67, 71, and 75 to be your testimony more and more. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept thy word. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. You might say, thinking about how we're looking at it today, God will mess with you. God will stir up messes in your lives, and it's good. Why? Because if we're his children, it turns us closer to him in repentance like Joseph's brothers, asking for life and mercy, seeking to be closer, trusting his word, looking to understand God's providence in it all, looking for the end of it all, God's glory in our de deliverance and salvation. Sometimes when we think our life are, is nice and orderly according to the way that we think it's nice and orderly, we stray from God's word. We stray from him. He needs to stir it up. To lead us back to him. All your life's mess. Is meant. To bring you closer to Jesus. And show his power. To deliver and save. And organize your mess. Into something great. Which is his intent. Through it. In it all the while. And before it comes to you. In his time. Donald K. McKim writes uh, in his devotion, Everyday Prayer with the Puritans, What is the work of God in the midst of our afflictions? Said Puritan Vincent Alsop, Pray under affliction. Excuse me. Prayer under affliction witnesses that we believe our God to be good and gracious in it. That he can support us under it, can do us much good by it, and deliver us from it. Beloved, in the midst of your mess, many things which are definitely evil, many things you haven't brought upon yourself. Remember and believe Romans chapter 8 verses 28 to 31. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, if you forgive, I, I got to throw it in again. It's a, such a helpful illustration. Notice all things are worked for your good. That doesn't mean they're all good. Many of them are evil. And a really helpful illustration to hold on to, and I'll come back to the verse, is when we bake a cake. The many of the Puritans, many others will point out when you bake a cake, if you were to eat any of the ingredients individually, this is what you'd be like, ah! right? Get that out of my mouth. Give me some water. Give me some milk. They taste horrible alone, right? I don't tend to think of salt with cake and cookies, but, but, but there's salt there. And other, you ever had baking soda? You know, not too tasty, but all these things. I won't go too far because I don't cook much. I'll say maybe I don't even know what goes in a cake. But you know that there are things that go into the mix, the mix of the mess, excuse me. That all together makes a nice tasty cake to eat, right? 
without those things that don't taste good, what we might call evil in our lives, those evil ingredients, without it, it doesn't make the ultimate good thing that God's preparing for us. Let me start again. Romans 8, 28 to 31. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow... He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? Maybe we could say, what should we say to this mess of things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What could be against us, including the mess we most regularly find ourselves in? In fact, in all your life's messes, God is for you in them and working them for your good and his glory. We don't necessarily get to have Joseph's experience and see how it all works out at the end of the story. We might need to find that out in heaven, but we know it's true from scripture now. You can't kill the messenger. He resurrects from the dead and he makes crucifixion the platform for salvation. Jesus the Messiah is working in and through your mess to his glory and your good. Is your life messed up by sins? Jesus came to save his people from their sins and glorify himself as the great messianic deliverer. With purpose in your problems, with a plan for your pain, and a message to communicate through you to the world, through your mess. And that's the impetus of why I wanted to share this with you. All that to get to this quote from a pastor on the radio this week I want to share with you. And he was largely dealing with this text. Dr. Paul Shepard, I think he's on at 10 in the morning on KPRZ, 1210 AM. He said these two phrases that really stuck with me, and I, I wanted to share them with you. First of all, your tests can become a testimony. Test and testimony. I'm not sure if I'm getting the phrase exactly right, but this is something to take down if you write, if you take notes. Your tests can become a testimony. And then he said, your mess can become a message. I love that. Thank you, Dr. Paul Shepard. I credit him for pretty much everything you're getting today. I did my original work, but I wanted to get to this and share it with you. Let me quote again, Dr. Paul Shepard. Your tests can become a testimony. Your mess can become a message. Are you in a place in your life where you find yourself saying, I've made a mess of things? Or, my whole life is one big mess. Or, I've really messed up and I've really messed this up for others. Well, 
Jesus can clean it up. Jesus can clean you up. Jesus can clean it all up. Jesus can clean all of you. And like all those whose lives he healed, you, through it all, can praise and proclaim him for it. Even in the midst of the mess, before you know the end of the story. Your tests can become a testimony. Your mess can become a message. Beloved, consider your situations and you yourself as beautiful messes. And go away with this blessing. Your mess can share the Messiah. Jesus is planted for you. He's working it through in you. He will work it out for your good and his glory. You might say it's all good. Even the evil. Even how messed up you feel. Keep turning to Jesus because your mess can share the Messiah. Well, I needed that to face this Monday and the rest of the week. How about you? This isn't a call to be messy or mess things up. But it is a call to remember that Jesus is working through it all. He'll clean it all up and give you a message through it all as he does so. Your mess can share the Messiah. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God in heaven, we thank you that you have cleaned up our mess of sin and given us heaven in Christ. But we do cry out to you as we are sinners growing in grace and we live in a sinful world of sinful, evil things even happening to us. Our life feels so often a control, all messed up, a horrible mess. And we can lose focus and give up hope. Let us recognize that our testimony will come from and through the tests. Our message of you, the Messiah, the mediator between God and men will come through the mess. Just as we see Joseph had that message because of what you did through all of that mess, which though others intend often for evil, you intended and sent it for his and our good. Ultimately, to bring us you, the Lord Jesus Christ, even as evil and wicked hands crucified you, yet it was planned, predestinated by God to work it all out for our good. Let us remember, Lord, for you who have you have saved that you work all things for our good, who love you and are called according to your purpose. Keep our eyes in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and the one who has cleansed us and will clean up our messes and show his glory and proclaim his goodness through us and it all. We do look forward to heaven. In the meantime, let us embrace what you've reminded us today. Give us a testimony. Give us a message. Speak it through us as we even are vulnerable about how we're struggling. But we give glory to you and praise you for even the afflictions that you send to us to draw us closer to your word, closer to you, faithfully afflicting us to bring us through these things and give you glory. And, O oh Lord, to draw others to you with their messes and be cleansed and saved. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ and the God of order and 